Everybody, thank you for joining us for episode two of High Five Countdown Podcast. My name is DJ Setho, and we're just happy to be here for episode two. I mean, after one episode, we didn't quit. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, High Five Countdown Podcast counts down the top five of a specific category, usually one that's relevant in pop culture. And myself, my two co-hosts, will debate it, discuss, and hopefully come up with a definitive top five. Now, before we get into the category for this episode, I think it's only right that I introduce you guys to my two co-hosts, who I'm happy to say have both returned for episode two. My first co-host is going to be our music expert that is able to identify whether singing is actual singing or just auto-tune. We have Maddie G, the musician. Well, I'm a one-man What's going on, Matty G? Not a whole lot. I'm glad to be back on episode two. I'm glad that we're not one in one dude. You know, you don't want to be like Lou Vega. I, st- I tell myself that every day. My second co-host is a man who will stand up against Wookiee discrimination and will call it as he sees it. We have Tony B. What's going on, Tony? How's everybody doing? Doing well, man. I just want to say, just just to kind of recap something in our last podcast, I rewatched the scene of the medals in Star Wars A New Hope, and mm. Tony, you called it. There was Wookiee discrimination. Absolutely. And that's how it starts. It's subtle. You don't even notice it. You're happy for the first two people to get medals. But no, meanwhile, she was in the background playing it cool. But yeah, that's, that's discrimination. Absolutely. Not to get too off topic, but if you remember from the end of the movie of Episode 7, I believe that he also gets passed over for the uh, the captain of the Millennium Falcon once. Spoiler alert. Han Solo is dead. I believe that uh, that chick Ray takes over the spot. So once again, Tony, you're seeing a lot of uh, discrimination. That's not discrimination. First of all, she's very qualified. She's been on the force for mm, three hours. <laughs> so she's, she's qualified. She flew the ship once. So she knows what she's doing. Meanwhile, what does Chewie know? Knows nothing. So it's, it was absolutely the right decision to give her the captaincy. You don't want to give a Wookiee too much power. So the big question is, uh, does affirmative action apply to Wookiees? Absolutely not. See, that's why we have to get rid of affirmative action. <laughs> See, you can't have Chewbacca. Chewbacca should be promoted based on his skill, not because he's a Wookiee. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, tune into episode one of High Five Countdown Podcast, where we counted down the top five Star Wars moments and took a stand against Wookiee discrimination. This week, we're doing something different. We're shifting gears. This week, we are going to be doing this podcast on the top five songs of 2015. Is it too late now to say sorry? Cause I'm- Do it. So I guess before we start this, 
I gotta ask the question, what is everyone's definition of their top songs of the year? How are you guys rating the songs? What were you looking for in a song? Uh, Matty G, as a music expert in this podcast, I gotta start with you. Well, I'm flattered that I'm considered a music expert. Uh, I always try to have an open mind about different styles of music. You know, I, I just don't want to be narrow-minded in, in my picks. No, be narrow-minded. <laughs> I try to just think of songs that, that I legitimately enjoy listening to and also that um, a lot of it really is kind of just like subjective to moments. Like if there's a certain moment that I remember from the year, that probably would make me biased towards the song if that song was associated with that. Say I'm on a vacation and that song was really popular at the time. I think most people would say the same where they have some sort of like kind of bias towards songs that are played or make them think of a, a special moment. 100% agree with you, Matty G. I found myself actually running into that bias when I was thinking about my top five songs. They're just songs that I like because they ring true to a specific moment. That song kind of reminds me of that, but I try to take that out of it and be as objective as possible with it. There are going to be songs in my top five that do associate with a moment in my life from the past year, but I didn't choose those songs just because of that moment. I chose the songs because because I thought they were good pop songs, well composed, some good instrumentals, some good vocals, and one of the things that I really like, just one of those great powerful choruses, whether it's catchy, whether it's attention grabbing, etc, etc. Tony, what do you think about uh, the top five songs and what were you basing your opinion on? Well, let me tell you, Seth, the, my first criteria was I, I need a song that doesn't make my ears bleed. Like, what I do, I compare it to the song, Miss Me. You know what it is when I finally make it home. I just hope that you miss me a little when I'm gone. Yeah, By Lil Wayne and Drake. How many of them compare to something way back in 2009? And the answer for me comes up, not really. So, so the things that I like in a song in general that stand the test of time are songs that have a good melody, that are catchy, that are easy to sing. I like songs that stick to songcraft and they don't get too repetitive and include some sort of bridge or middle eight section to break it up a little bit. And unfortunately, not a lot of songs today do that. A lot of songs are just sort of verse, chorus, and verse, chorus. I like songs that transition into another song. Like for um, example, Jay-Z and Kanye West, Paris how they have a coda at the end. That's completely different melody from the begin the first part of the song. Now watching the throne. Don't let me get in my zone. Don't let me get in my zone. Don't let me get in my zone. And honestly I'm looking forward to listening to actually hearing some new songs that I haven't been exposed to by uh, two musical experts. Seth keeps on short selling himself, but he's quite the uh, music expert himself. Wow, I'm seriously blushing right now, plus I feel so much pressure, because if my songs suck, then <laughs> what kind of music expert am I? That's, that's how I feel. Like, I mean, like I know some people who are really, really talented in music, and like they would be like, ugh. Every single one of these songs you put on your list is horrible. <laughs> you know? it just, but it's, it's pop music. It's not necessarily the most in-depth music. It just There are different levels of enjoyment from music that, that I found. Like, for instance, uh, LMFAO, which isn't on the list because they're not even a band anymore or a group, whatever you call it. I used to love some of their songs, and I realized like it doesn't need to be like Eddie Van Halen playing guitar or like you know some amazing singer. It can just be fun, and if you just enjoy the music... There's different ways for music to be good. And I feel like Party Rock Anthem is like one of those songs that it could be like Shout, where like it's played at weddings for like 30 plus years. You know, it's just like a classic, like I, I just want to have a good time song. And I think that that's something where I started to realize I'm like, 
doesn't really matter if it's like musically like insane. It needs, it needs to be just like entertaining in one way or another. Well, I'll tell you what, Maddie G. I think you and I put targets on our back just because <laughs> of our alter egos. You're Maddie G, the musician. I'm DJ Setho. We're basically setting ourselves up to be criticized after this podcast. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. It's gonna be brutal. <laughs> yeah, you guys should be anonymous like me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think good music is good music, and all the good songs that I think we like really have the same characteristics. First things first, they get your attention early. Within the first 15 seconds, I can tell whether or not I want to listen to the song or whether or not I want to have to hit fast forward. And then they usually do something to change it up a little bit. A great song just keeps getting better and better as the song goes on. I feel a lot of the songs, that they, they start off good, but it, it plateaus very early. Uh, along with attention grabbing, I also like songs that differentiate themselves from all the other songs in their genre. I like songs that just have a total different sound in and of themselves and help differentiate themselves from the rest of the pack. Y'all ready for this? One, two... I think it's time to get into it. We'll all list our top five songs of 2015. We'll talk about it, talk about why we put the song at the number we did, let the others react, and then after everything's said and done, we'll do the calculations, make the decisions, and hopefully come up with a definitive top five. But I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit harder than top five Star Wars moments. Agreed. Alright, I think it's time. I'll start off and give my top five songs of 2015. I hope your expectations aren't too high, because I don't want to let you all down. Five. My number five song is ironically a song by Five Seconds to Summer, and it's called Hey Everybody. The reason I like Five Seconds to Summer, Hey Everybody, is is just catchy, it's fun-loving, and it's got a positive message. Even though you're broke, there's still a chance of us all hitting it big. And I also uh, kind of laugh at some of the uh, lyrics in the song, because they're all too familiar, such as paying for gas with a change in your car. Or not having a dollar to ride the bus. I mean, it's scarily familiar to me, especially when I uh, when I first moved to Philly, just because everything's more expensive here. Five Seconds to Summer is the next generation's Good Charlotte. The first thing I noticed is that the verse musically sounds very simple, similar to um, Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. Oh, wow. You know what? Now that you say that, yeah, because I just listened to Hungry Like a Wolf. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. That's the first thing. And I'm like, wait a second, I've heard this song before. <laughs> they tried, now the chorus was different. I like the chorus. I'm like, wait a minute. You can't fool me. I, I know I've heard that before. They lose points, but there's nothing wrong with using what was done in the past and twisting it in a new way. So I, I, I do want to say that. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy Duran Duran. I think they got a lot of good hits that I, I still enjoy today. But, uh, you yeah, know, so that's good that it's reminiscent of it. But, I mean, it's a 
It's a solid song. I just, uh, I, I think a lot of times the more you hear a song, the more you kind of, kind of get familiar with it and like it. And this one I've only heard a couple times, but um, I mean, you know, it's I respect the the pick, of course. I look at it this way, man. It gives broke people all over the world some type of hope. And if you really think about it, Five Seconds to Summer should have released this song years ago, right when the recession hit, because I think it would have made it easier on everybody. I don't want to sound like a cranky old man, but half the song was being used from an old song, and I, 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 I don't know. I can still think of a bunch of songs from the 2010 like era that were better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe just a year. It's just, you know, because like, my picks might not be strong from one to five. So I'm not going to knock Seth from picking the song. If he likes it, he likes it. I, I, now, I get that he likes the song. And I really like the chorus. The Hey Everybody part is, is really good. Well, I'm sorry, Tony, but I wasn't privileged like you. So I had to pay that for the gas that was in my car with change that I found under the seats. And I couldn't afford the bus. Yeah, this song relates to you. I've been, I'm living in my ivory tower. I'm driving my Ferrari, so I don't get the, the song of the commoners. I actually think it's a quality song. It's a pop song. It's probably not a song that's going to withstand the test of time, but for the year it was released, I enjoyed it. Tony, you're right. The strongest part of the song is the chorus, and how can you not sing to it? It's very catchy. It gets stuck in your head. Yeah, I'm already kind of changing my mind. Like, I really do like the chorus. It's already sitting to me like, hey, everybody. I do really like that. I just wish, like, if I was there advising, I was the chorus is nice, boys. Maybe we can change up the, the, the verse. You're better than that, boys. You're better than that. Five Seconds to Summer's new manager, Tony B. Cool. All right, my number four song of the top five songs of 2015 is Macklemore with Downtown. I like this song is I actually think this is a perfect song for people with ADD. It's just got a bunch of different instruments. It's got a few pace changes. There's even a beat change here and there. On the feature list, Macklemore brought in, I think, about four other people to do the song. So you get a whole bunch of different singers. So it would should really keep everyone's attention. The song has so many unique instruments. It's got the bass in there. You hear horns. You hear the slight piano. Uh, there's a xylophone. The beat does remind me of a Beastie Boys song from back in the day, and, and it seems very familiar for that. But because of the other instruments, I give it leeway with it because the uh, the added instruments like the xylophone and like the uh, you know piano give it its own little twist. The hook is catchy. Macklemore can write a song about anything. The whole song is about riding mopeds in the downtown section of town. I'm like, honestly, I don't know nothing about mopeds. He said, I got the one for you. Follow me. Um, I'm going to uh, say that this is probably one of the few songs that I wish I had remembered because I might have made it on my top five list. I'm not going to now for the sake of, uh, you know, kind of being, um, you know, true to the list that I made. But I, I, I do enjoy the song. I think it's... um eclectic i think it's just kind of just out there and i think that's kind of refreshing because it's very easy for for pop songs and top 40 songs to kind of follow the same routine over and over again that kind of just gets kind of predictable and i like when things are a little unpredictable 
I like the song, and it may have to make an introduction to my top five. I thought it was really good, and this is what I was talking about. There's different segments to the song. I like the the take on like old school hip hop a little bit. They had like a little bit of an old school type of beat. Which I, I really liked. It, I mean, it sounds like the BC Boys, but the BC Boys also kind of sounded like other groups at the time. And I think it was more about trying to get to like that time, big period, for me at least. Very nostalgic in the sound. Yeah. And he did a good, like his interpretation of, I think, what music was back then, I think was really good. I liked the creative risk that he took with that. I, it was it maintained my interest from beginning, middle, and end, and I think it was a very well done song. What I will say is, everyone lists Nas, Biggie as great storytellers. I'm not gonna say that like Macklemore is at that level because that would be silly of me to say. But Macklemore is certainly a compelling lyricist when he tells even the most trivial stories. Think back to Thrift Shop. The whole song is talking about his experience shopping in a thrift shop and buying someone's old moccasins. And this one is obviously a song about riding a moped downtown. And yet, even though it's about the most trivial topic, it never loses your attention. Yeah, he does a really good job with the rhyme scheme. Keeping it consistent, keeping it linear, changing it to change. It's like, I thought it was just really well done. It followed all, the, I guess, the golden rules of songwriting. One thing that I will say, I was happy Macklemore had a comeback year. He had the big album, The Heist. It obviously won him the Grammy for Best New Artist in the uh, Rap and Hip Hop section. And I think Macklemore got a lot of hate because he actually beat out uh, Kendrick Lamar for that award. And a lot of Rap and Hip Hop fans did not agree with that. I think Macklemore had every right to beat out Kendrick Lamar because of the fact that he brought a different sound to hip-hop. He really did introduce something that was diverse. Kendrick Lamar, his songs didn't break any thresholds, whereas Macklemore added a lot of horns, a lot of different instruments you wouldn't hear in regular hip-hop. And I think that's what made him so diverse as an artist that the, the Grammy voters decided, let's give it to this guy. Yeah, I'm not going to hate on Macklemore. Um, this song shows that you know he knows what he's doing. So you got to give credit when credit's due. All right, my number three song is by Kelly Clarkson, former American Idol, and it's the song Invincible. The reason I like the song is because I've always liked Kelly Clarkson's voice. I think it is so awesome. You look back to uh, Miss Independent or Breakaway, her voice just commands your attention just from hearing it sing. Uh, the song is a very classy way for a woman to proclaim her strength and independence, you know, versus the Alanis Morissette's of the world who kind of do it in more of a trashy way. Kelly Clarkson is doing it kind of in a classy and polished way, and I definitely respect that. Let's face it, Kelly Clarkson's the best thing that came from American Idol, and thank goodness that show's over. Uh, it's not one of my favorite songs of hers. I mean, I do like her as, a, as an artist. I think she is one of the best... Um, Wants to come from American Idol. I've actually seen her live. I didn't pay for the tickets, but I got invited. And I just saw her live, and she's, she's a good singer. She really is. 
Uh, I think Carrie Underwood fans would argue about the American Idol comment. Uh, they're both, I guess, they're both very successful. But to me, my favorite songs are Kelly Clarkson are probably still uh, "My Life Would Suck Without You" and maybe uh, "Since You've Been Gone." But you know, it's, it's a solid song. I just never heard it. <laughs> I thought it was good. It, it's no stronger. But. <laughs> It, it'll keep the, uh, the checkbook going. Uh, you know, it keeps the name out there. So, And I like that she gets the use of title pretty quickly. And it, does, it gets your attention. She <laughs> has a good voice. It's one of those songs that's it's different, but it also seems familiar at the same time. Comforting song. I like that. It's definitely in the same category is stronger rather than in uh, the category of Miss Independence or My Life Would Suck Without You. Kelly Clarkson obviously seems to have two styles. She likes that kind of fast, upbeat song, and then she has her, you know, little ballads for, I guess, lack of a better word. And uh, Invincible definitely falls into the ballads. You know, I really can't compare it to your two songs, Maddie G, but when compared to Stronger, it's probably Stronger Light, but I don't know. It's still a good song. It's catchy, and uh, you get the point. I don't know. I don't, it's no Stronger. Doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. In terms of quality, I mean, I think message-wise, it's very similar to Stronger. Quality-wise, Stronger should be embarrassed for, <laughs> for this song. But it, that's just speaking how good I thought Stronger was. Maybe because I'm also trying to cite it in a paper that I'm writing. Maybe that's why I'm also biased to it. You cited Stronger in a paper? Absolutely. I want to be the first person to cite a Kelly Clarkson song and a Kanye West song in a uh, psychology peer-reviewed paper. They won't know. They'll just know that it's West et al. 2007, Clarkson et al. 2008. They, they won't know who it, who it is. What Kanye West song did you cite? Stronger. Two very different Strongers. I think but it's like songs that, that are titled Stronger now. I just, I'm just going to just send you a bunch of Stronger songs on, on a CD for your birthday. Absolutely, please bring it on. I, I like that message stronger. But any more uh, thoughts on Kelly Clarkson? It's no stronger. Doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. Alright, my number two song is by Kevin Rudolph, and it's called Blaze of Glory. The reason I like this song is because it's one of those songs that just gets you amped up and pumped up. It's it's something that you listen to before you get ready to play a basketball game or a football game. Uh, I understand that one segment of the song where he keeps saying, how bad do you want it, how bad do you want it, gets really repetitive. And we could probably do without five of those repeats. But uh, I really like the hook of the song. It's really catchy. It sticks in your mind. And the one lyric I always think about is, Going out in a blaze of glory, let the sky and the flames tell the story. And I always think about when your back's against the wall and you have nothing to lose and you're just going for it all. Either way, you're going out one way or another. So you might as well let it be a blaze of glory, whether it's success or failure. 
And I think that's a pretty cool message. Uh, I, I, when I was searching for it, it said that it's the theme song for Tough Enough. Is that true? Uh, yes, and it's also been used on ESPN and on uh, WWE. Okay, that makes sense. It's Tough Enough. Uh, I, I like that show. It, it's definitely a great fit for that show. I never heard the song knowing that it was a, a Kevin Rudolph song. I thought it was just the, you know, the theme song of Tough Enough. You got some good picks. I mean, they're, they're songs I never like necessarily took note of because I don't really listen to new music on purpose. It kind of just happens. But, uh, yeah, it seems like a cool song. It's, it's definitely good for, like, the sports kind of market where they might show it for, like, highlights for the, the end of the Super Bowl or something like that. You know? There's no Let It Rock. But it's, it was all right. I thought, the, if I'm being honest, I thought the Malcolm Moore song was better than this. Yeah, I agree with that. If, if I'm being honest. I would have flipped them, if anything. The, the Macklemore more song should have been higher if this is three. reason I put this song higher is because of the message. Because of the message. Get out of here. What, 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 is wrong? What, is, what was the Macklemore song about that was going downtown? What's wrong with being on a moped downtown? <laughs> What's wrong with that? If you weren't wearing a helmet, you could get traumatically injured. Well, I think Macklemore is pretty safe. I think we can assume he was wearing a helmet, so he took care of the safety. What's the problem? Did he go out in a blaze of glory when he rode that moped? No, he was just going downtown. What's the, what's the problem? He, he didn't say anything bad. And what I'm saying is this song, you can make the argument, is promoting violence. Macklemore's just talking about hanging out on a moped. If anything, this song is more socially acceptable. <laughs> I get where you guys are coming from, and, and the Macklemore song is definitely more unique. It's, it's a little bit more complex. Um, it's also very repetitive. I didn't, it, there, was no, there was nothing to change it up. So like, I, as soon as I got like a minute of, like 30 seconds of it, I felt like I heard the entire song. At least Macklemore mixed it up a little bit. You know, the other reason I really like the Kevin Rudolph song, and I like Kevin Rudolph in general, and I'm a little bit shocked that he hasn't gotten more play in his career, is because he does a good job of the rock-rap-pop hybrid, and the only other person we can really compare it to is, is Lil Wayne, who tried to do the crossover of, of rap into rock, and, you know, we saw how that worked out. Wrong queen was good. Prom Queen was terrible. <laughs> it was pretty bad. And I'm sure Lil Wayne did that crossover because he saw the success of Let It Rock. And he's like, I can do this. But Kevin Rudolph actually has a voice. He can sing. And I actually found out that his voice is not auto-tune because before he was Kevin Rudolph, he was in a group called Binocular, which was a band. And he sang very, very well. But the song being a hybrid, I think, just makes it different. I mean, I think that kind of trend kind of comes and goes, to be honest. I mean, the whole rap rock thing, it was big in, like, the early 2000s. And then, you know, it goes away. And then, like, a song like Party Like a Rockstar comes around. And then it goes away. And then it comes back. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of, I kind of, I think it's, like, kind of like a natural fit that kind of gets so popular that it, it goes away because it gets played out. And then it comes back. Because people think it's cool, but then also they, you know, people just start copying one after another, and it becomes like kind of like, all right, it's enough. So basically, it gets popular whenever Linkin Park releases an album. 
<laughs> or Limp Bizkit back in the day. <laughs> wow, a Limp Bizkit reference on the podcast. My life's complete. The first of many. But I was excited just to hear that Kevin Rudolph was still making music. The last time I heard from him was Let It Rock. I didn't know if he had made any other songs to this point. I'm glad to see he's still making music, still doing his thing. Yeah, good, 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 for, good, for, good for Kevin. Run. My number one song of 2015 is Wiz Khalifa, See You Again. Uh, how can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you gonna be with me for the last ride. Like I said, I I was trying to separate song from context, but in this case, because of the movie that it was in, because of the situation it was surrounding, it's hard to separate Wiz Khalifa See You Again from the tragic loss of Paul Walker, especially when everyone from the Fast and the Furious cast was putting heartfelt messages out on Twitter. And I actually think Wiz Khalifa does a great job in capturing the emotion of feeling that loss. The piano to start the song is just so attention grabbing you don't think it's going to be a rap song and then Wiz Khalifa comes in and then uh Charlie Puth who is the person that sings the hook he does a great job he's got an awesome voice and it's no surprise that his career has taken off since that song for me it strikes a real personal note because I think of the loss of my best friend I can certainly feel the emotions in the song itself it's a it's a good song it for me, like, I, I didn't have the whole Fast and Furious connection to it. Wasn't really big into the franchise, but definitely, you know, the, the death of Paul Walker is really sad. But it, it's a good song and combines a little bit of the, the piano and a different style of music to rap. And like you said, like, when you first hear the song, you know, it, it confuses me each time. It fools me every time because I don't think it's a rap song until Wiz Khalifa comes in. I can totally see why you picked it as number one, and just knowing how much you loves to uh, to sing that song whenever uh, we were all hanging out and stuff, and uh, you know, just so many times like we were, we were like have a moment where like all of us are singing that song. I, I knew it would be on your list of somewhere, possibly number one. Can't I can't dispute it. I, it was a good song uh, without the context, but with the context, I can totally see why. You picked it as number one, so. I look at it too, it's kind of the next generation's I'll Be Missing You. Just like when Puffy came out with the song in honor of Biggie's passing and how emotional that song was. Wiz Khalifa does a great job. And it's also, the other thing that I like about it is it's outside his wheelhouse. Because we think Wiz Khalifa, we're thinking black and yellow. We're thinking, you know, songs about smoking, songs about partying. So the fact that he's able to really uh get level-headed and and you know get emotional i think is pretty powerful uh for him as an artist i don't know much about him and like like uh tony i haven't seen any of the i don't know if you've seen any of them but i haven't seen any of them uh the fast and the furious movies so i don't really have that sort of attachment to it but i just think uh of good things when i think of that song i think of like good times with friends and uh a lot of memories that are attached to it that are positive so even though it's uh, meant to be a song for kind of i guess mourning for loss i think uh the way it's brought people together, in my experience, I think it's just a really good song. And, uh, you know, it, it was a good memory for 2015. All right, that's my top five. Nice. Tony, I'm curious to hear what your top five is. And uh, definitely, uh, let's get into it. Five. So my number five song is a song I just kind of heard for the first time. It's actually, yeah, I can't believe I'm actually listening to it. it. For me, it was a catchy song. It was Sorry, the Justin Bieber song. Is it too late? Say sorry, 
I don't listen to Justin Bieber, but they put it was on the list, and I actually listened. It was one of the few songs that I'm like, okay, this is catchy. See where it was going. I thought it was a, a good song. So. <laughs> That's number five for you? Yeah, sadly, it, it, it's... I mean, because I guess I also listen to different... If I'm going to listen to music on the radio, it's, I guess, mostly the rap, I guess, would be, like, my first default mode for... Tony, so you I, sound so deflated announcing this as your number five song. I, I don't feel... I feel strong about three of, of the songs, the the rest of them could really could be either I guess the Adele Hello song could also be like five you know that's pretty popular. It's it's strong vocals. I can't really make that my number five song. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> wow, what an audible. Yeah, we we have to call um Omaha on this one. <laughs> and I, I think I'm gonna go with Adele Hello. Hello from Feature strong vocals is a very powerful song, and people like it. And I, I, I can stomach it. I like it. Wow! Don't praise the song too much. <laughs> it's, it's a good song. I want to show some love, I guess, to the Adele fans. I guess I'll jump in here and I'll say, outside of Wiz Khalifa's "See You Again," this is probably one of the more emotional songs of the year. Just in tone, just in Adele's voice. I mean, she has a great voice. And I think in the song "Hello," you, you she really shows off her abilities. Like if you thought she was messing around before, if you weren't percent sure she had a good voice, she really puts it on display on that song. So I think it, immediately it comes out as a, a classic. Adele's on for that reason. I, I think it, it has to get some top five recognition. Um, it might make an appearance on my list, so I'll just hold off on my commentary. <laughs> when the song starts, you get a little bit of the the soft melody in, and then Adele goes, "Hello, hello, hi Adele, how are you? <laughs> hello, what's hi, going Adele. on, Adele? You see the title. You're not expecting this big powerful song. You're expecting something uplifting and positive, cheery." And next thing you know, you have this these power um, vocals, this emotional song on your hand. That's what it should be called in parentheses, powerful song. <laughs> hello, parentheses, powerful song. Oh, it's a powerful song. Uh, she rarely says hello in it, as far as I recall. <laughs> Although, I gotta say, I'm not a Justin Bieber fan. I did hear the song, Sorry, and that was pretty catchy, too. <laughs> Number four is a song that you may know, Seth. It's the Macklemore song that you just told me about. Downtown. I influenced someone's top five. I feel so justified right now. I haven't listened to it nearly as many times as you, know, you have, Seth, but... If the, that entire song that kept my attention, if it's really about just hanging out downtown on a moped, then that's even, that's even more incredible. That you're able to construct a whole song around that premise and pull it off. It probably, if I had thought of the song, I would have added it to my list. I'm not going to do like a last minute audible, but uh, I probably should have had it on my list too. I do enjoy that song. I just totally forgot about it. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm not afraid to make audibles. Was that like a was that like a, a well charting song? Like did it sell a lot of records, or was it more like an album track? It did really well on the charts. I think it was uh, you know top of the iTunes charts and, and certainly uh, top twenty, top ten on Billboard. That's a solid pick. That's definitely a solid song. My top three. These are not audibles. These plays have been practiced. Now, number three is a song that I, I think you guys have heard of before. And I feel it's a song that a lot of different musicians were trying to capture the feel of this song. Maroon 5, Sugar. I like the melody. Just the, the beat of the song. I don't really know what the lyrics are, but I, I can hum the song. I can make up my own words to the song. I like the way it sounds. And I think it's a fun song to be at like the bar too. And I, I, I associate it with being out with friends and uh, having a good time. It also incorporates a small, subtle melody change around the two-minute mark. So it keeps your attention and changes it up a little bit. Which was, which is, I think, a hallmark of the good Maroon Five songs. Yeah, it's it's solid. I think my favorite Maroon Five song is like probably like from their first album that was popular at least. But uh, this one is one of the less annoying new ones, so it's good. <laughs> I think it's a really smooth song. But you don't hate it. No, actually, I really like the song. I, I think the beat is smooth. I mean, um, who's the Maroon Five lead singer, Adam Levine? Yeah, I don't know the rest of the crew. <laughs> I mean, all you need to know is Adam Levine, right? I think he keeps it that way, to tell you the truth. I couldn't pick out another member of Maroon 5 from a lineup. No, not, like, I don't even know what they sound like. I don't even know anything. And he keeps it that way. It's, I'm surprised it's not called the uh, Adam Levine 5. I basically just listened to Maroon 5 music so I could get great pickup lines for girls. I mean, the one line in the song is great where he's like, I don't want to be needing your love. I want to be deep in your love. Has you, have you used these lines? Yes. Just like my uh, usage of Han Solo lines, it's failed. Nah, because you're using the wrong songs. If you stick to the songs that he did with songs about Jane, you'd be in the money. If you quote from She Will Be Loved, you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, very singable chorus. I mean, I hear, before I listened to it, I heard it in a few bars. And, you know, there's people that are actually singing the song. And then finally I heard it uh, on the radio and I actually listened to it. And I'm just like, it's it's Maroon 5, you know? I can't hit the high notes. But but as far as, I don't even care. I still pretend like I can hit the high notes. (laughs) For me, if it's a song that you can just loosen up a little bit and have some fun, then it's doing its job. Okay, so the number two song for me is Jumpman by Drake and Future. Jumpman, 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 them boys up to something. They just spent like two or three weeks out of the country. Them boys up to something. They just... And I like it because I like the beat. I like the attitude. I love that the lyrics probably took 10 minutes to write, so it's a very time-efficient song. <laughs> some, of these, some of these musicians spend weeks writing lyrics. They did it overnight. You got to give them props for that. And you know what the song is about. It's about Jumpman. Jumpman, 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 them boys up to something. They 
And if you don't know, it's Jumpman, 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 Jumpman. Jumpman, Jumpman, they gave me my own collection. Ooh. I like it. I just like it. I can't explain why. I just do. I love the beat and I love the catchiness of it. I don't even know what the other guy's saying. It doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> that's the best part. I don't even care what he's saying. I just like how he's saying it. And that's what music for hip hop has really come to at this point. I just got to say one thing. You are going to give me crap about Kevin Rudolph's Blaze of Glory being repetitive, but then you're going to come on to this podcast and your number two song is going to be Jump Man, Jump Man, Jump Man, Jump Man, Jump Man, Jump Man, Jump Because they're up to something. Whoop! <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't think you have any right to diss my Kevin Rudolph pick now. I, I have every right to. I guess we can agree to disagree. Ah, <laughs> uh, how do I put this nicely? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, it's not that I dislike a lot of the new like hip hop or anything. It's just like I'm very indifferent to it. I mean, it doesn't do much for me. But if, if somebody likes that stuff, it's fine. But it, it wouldn't make my top five list. I'm indifferent to the song too. But when that song goes on at the bar or so, people lose their minds. So there must be something to it. <laughs> it's doing pretty well. I gotta agree with Matty G, though. I mean, I'm sorry, but to me, hip-hop has just kind of lost a little bit of feeling and emotion. Not to say that everything uh, in hip-hop from even a decade ago was that way, but you at least had songs like Jay-Z, Heart of a City, or you had a song like Eminem's Stan, or you had a song like Nas with One Mic. Songs with actual substance and emotion. And yeah, I get there's gonna be party songs in hip-hop, but... At least with the party songs back from a few years ago, there were some catchy hooks. Jumpman's not catchy. <laughs> no, it's not. It's very repetitive, dude. That's the definition of catchy. There's no way you're going to flub the lyrics. <laughs> There's no way you're going to screw up the chorus. That's how catchy they made it. Now, I get what you're saying, that hip-hop's not what it be. Yeah, I agree. This is what it's going to be. So this is the best of what we got. And I think knowing that it's not about lyrics anymore, it is about making a repetitive they they hit it out the park it's a it's a catchy song I, and it's not really the the lyrics it's more of the the attitude well here's my question tony i think adele hello and macklemore downtown are better songs so maybe uh jump man would be a little easier to digest if it was number five i get where you're coming from seth but downtown and hello don't have nearly the attitude as this jump man does <laughs> Not even close. This guy is two and three weeks out of the country. No, uh, Adele's just saying hello, and this other dude is on a moped. <laughs> Maddie G. Yeah. Adele's hello or Drake Jumpman? I would, well, one of them is on my list, and it's not Jumpman, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Maddie G can almost insult you, but do it in the nicest way possible. <laughs> It's part of my job. <laughs> For some reason, this jump man speaks to me. I can't explain what it is. It's the attitude. It's, I, it, it has to be. Run. All right, well, my number one song has a chart record, is Grammy-nominated, and potentially could have ended the career of a fellow musician. Ooh. And that song is Back to Back by Drake. Got the Drake and me going back to back. Yeah, going back to back. I got the Drake and me going back to back. It's number one because of the mainly because of the context behind it, and there's no other song on anyone else's list that could potentially 
cause the demise of someone else. Adele's hello is very good. But after hearing hello, no one's saying, oh man, Gwen Stefani is going to be in trouble. Hello. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Adele's hello is very good, but no one's saying, hey, Alanis Morissette, you need to watch out. Adele just said hello. Hello. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, no one's saying, hey, Maroon 5, you, you, you gotta you got watch out, man. Hello. That... that <laughs> Nobody's saying that. But this one song completely undermined essentially five years of five more years of someone's career. This song was about an um, argument between two rap- rappers. They had a diss track and he never got back to him and he already made one. So now he didn't respond to the first one. So let me do a second one. That's where the back to back part comes to. It was a song that was done purely because the other guy didn't respond back to him so he made the song on the fly so creativity points yeah i give him to that and he not only destroys a little bit of his career but he's going after the guy's girlfriend and fiance Nicki minaj in the song and overall i thought out of all the songs that are from 2015 not none of them really can threaten the existence of a fellow musician and this song has a lot of people calling out meek mill saying that he's, he's not that good, he's soft, he, has a, he still hasn't responded since, and really established Drake as not only as a good musician, but don't don't get into a, a fight with him. He'll, he's witty, he'll, he'll, he'll make you look bad. If Drake is calling you soft, then you should probably look at yourself in the mirror, because last time I checked, Drake isn't exactly the rapper with the most street cred in the world. This guy with no street cred on one song just completely obliterated this dude. All that is why this song ranks so highly for me. Like on the music standpoint, yeah, it's very simplistic. It's not polished. It's definitely not studio finished. You even hear, I think there's some skipping and whatnot. I like that simplicity. I like that it's a very basic track. I guess for me, I, I you know, highlights, I like the uh, line where he says, trigger fingers turning to Twitter fingers. I thought that was clever. And I mean, the flow is good. He's got a good flow. But I'm sorry, dude. I can't rank that above Adele's Hello. I can't rank that above Macklemore. I get the context of it. At the end of the day, we're going to be going down the road about 10 years. Will the song last and survive the context? You know, a song like Adele's Hello will probably have a little bit of lifespan. You know, outside of being the funeral of uh, Meat Mill's career, I don't know if this song has lasting power. So I don't know if I would rank it above Adele's Hello, but it's, you know, your top five, man. It's my, that's why I said it's the top five for me, the songs that I liked the most out of 2015. Now, what we end up making as a group could be completely different, but the back to back, I, I think it's going to end up having some staying power, just the story alone and... It just adds to the legend, I think, of Drake. And I think shows, if, when he puts his mind to it lyrically, he's one of the best out right now. The views and opinions of individuals do not reflect the entire opinion of High Five Countdown Podcast. We're a team of individuals. These are my individual beliefs. Then we'll come up with a group belief. Matty G. Yes? Thoughts? 
this whole like rap battle stuff doesn't do it for me. I mean, uh, I'm, I see why people like it. It's probably like interesting. It's kind of like a soap opera, but frankly, I don't care at all about Drake or about Meek Mill. The only reason I know Meek Mill's name is because I hear on people's Facebook uh, posts about like who said what about him. I feel like they're like being like women. Like they're just like, why? Who cares? Like if somebody insults you, like you don't have to write a song about it. I mean, you're basically just giving the person more like notoriety just by being like, oh yeah, I'm gonna sing a th- four minute song about this guy who. I hope the career goes, you know, downhill, but now I'm going to make it more famous. I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of a silly thing to me. I mean, I, I don't really get it. And I, I like some songs by rappers. I'm not like totally against rapper or anything like that. I don't know. I, 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 I don't miss listening to that kind of stuff. I don't listen. I mean, my, my picks are not going to be like amazing. I don't think compared to like anyone else's, but cause I mean, I try, I realized that this kind of slim picking. So I don't really listen to the to new music anymore. Tony, I'm sorry, man, but you were around for one of the biggest heavyweight rap battles in the entire industry, Jay-Z and Nas. So that being said, I'm sorry, but after witnessing the heavyweight fight, Drake and Meat Mill just doesn't do it for me. I, like I said, those days are over. If you're expecting good, consistent quality music, I'm sorry. You need to go back and listen to songs from 2007 on. As far as I'm concerned, the best songs of 2015 are average of 2010. So right off the bat is a little bit flawed. So we're taking the best of the worst era of music. All right. Uh, it's going to be hard to top those two lists because I... Better. You, you got it. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> You're Matty G, the musician. Uh, you pitch better be damn good after the crap I got. <laughs> I thought See You Again was Khalifa would be number five for me. Talk about family when family's all that we got. Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. It's not because of Fast and Furious, it's not because of like the meaning behind it or anything. I just have the good memory of not only at work, I had like a, a cover that I recorded with some other uh, co-workers that was like a lot of fun. I enjoy the song and I also have the memories of like Atlantic City and I was, I was we were out and we were having a good time we were singing the song. Whenever there's a piano, I play it with everyone. So the song's good enough on its own, but the memories behind it for me, that's why I put number five. Very simple. Cool. I actually picked uh, Taylor Swift, Shake It Off for number four and I'll explain why. Um, I picked it because I I kind of see it as like one of those year defining songs. Even though it's like a stupid pop song, it has a really kind of like a memorable anthemy type of uh, feel to it. Where I can see it being played like years down the road and being like, oh, like that's that's so 2015. Like it's kind of like one of those songs where I'll think of this time and I'll think of that song because Taylor Swift is obviously so huge right now, and the song, as uh, as silly and stupid as it is, is also kind of like got this really good catchiness to it. I don't know, it's just very infectious. Yeah, it's, it's Shake It Off. It's a very catchy song, easy to sing. Makes me, makes me want to shake it off. Um, I, I, I like it. I, I've nothing against Taylor Swift. I, I think it's one of the... I, I can't name a Taylor Swift from another one, but I, I know that song, I like it. Tony, you know what makes Taylor Swift Shake It Off a great song? What? It's got attitude. You've been getting down and out about the liars and the dirty, dirty cheats of the world. You could have been getting down to this. I would say the Taylor Swift's Shake It Off is the best hook of the year. I think it's the female version of uh, Dirt Off Your Shoulder. Go shake it off. I'm, I'm definitely a fan. Like I said, it's all about the attitude. Number three, it was already mentioned, but uh, I'm going to pick Hello by Adele. Hello from the other side. 
Not because I originally liked the song. I actually didn't even hear the song until I saw a Saturday Night Live skit where you should definitely watch. Um, it's, it's one of those songs that's like the four chords. If you ever see uh, Axis of Awesome, there's this like YouTube video by this group called Axis of Awesome where they play like the same four chords and it's, a, and it's like so many songs. It's one of those songs. Uh, it's like four chords. It's very, very simple. Very easy to learn on piano. It works because that progression is so common that people kind of just like it and know it. And obviously Adele's a phenomenal singer, so I, I put it as number three. So it's not a song that I would probably have on repeat. Out of all the songs that were probably released, that it, it probably has the most, probably one of the more powerful vocals out there. So it, it, it should get props for that. I think the song has a really interesting message. You know, Adele is playing the part of a girl who is regretting that she ended a relationship and then she's trying to call her significant other to reconcile and i think it's it's interesting it's different i'm a little less forgiving so i probably won't pick up the call either hello for number two i actually picked a song that i heard at a live of five in, uh, in stanford for the first time and <laughs> this song came on uh during the concert and it was actually not the band that was playing it was just like in between sets or something and the song came on and i just remember this this like middle-aged guy who's like in a, in a golf shirt and like gray hair and he just starts like dancing to the song and like all these like young chicks come by and start dancing with them and <laughs> it just made me like instantly laugh and the song besides that funny moment i actually started to listen to and I, it's probably my favorite favorite like background music for like the whole 2015 and it's uh it's not that i like the person or the the featured singer but it's pitbull featuring chris brown with fun but it's it's good you know you know pitbull always adds a different element to it the chris brown part sounded pretty good um yeah it wasn't too terrible what number is this? This is the number three song? This is number two. This is number two. Oh, for me. oh okay. Just thinking about, about my number twos. <laughs> <laughs> Fun party song. The little instrumental that you have with the flute that's right in the chorus. Is that a sample from something? Uh, I don't recognize it from anywhere, but um, that's actually the part that like kind of stuck with me the most when I first heard the song. And then, honestly, it's probably the song out of the 2015 songs that I've played the most. I almost wanted to put it number one, but I just, I mean, Chris Brown, it's hard to put him as number one for anything based on his history and everything. So. Chris Brown definitely makes this song, uh, his vocals kind of have that Michael Jackson sound to it. You know, not to say that Chris Brown's going to be an equivalent singer to Michael Jackson. No way am I saying that, but he definitely goes for that sound and he does pretty well. Yeah, the flute's cool. I like the flute. It's probably the most uh, unique thing in the song. I can't say it's my favorite Pitbull song. Timber, I like the uh, the song that he did for Men in Black 3. But this song is good. You know, it's it's classic Pitbull. Okay, number one, I went with Walk the Moon and Shut Up and Dance. Uh, musically, I think it's it's just a good upbeat song. I like that it's a full band playing it, as opposed to a lot of these songs that are you know they're usually made by some sort of beat machine or something. Um, I like the I really like the pre-chorus. I guess you'd call it like right before they start saying "Shut up and dance to me." It's got a very kind of like retro '80s feel to it. Uh, it's catchy. It's it's the kind of song you can be at like a party and everyone can kind of just it, it's just easy for everyone to kind of just get involved and start like jumping up and down and just having a good time and singing "Shut up and dance to me." Uh, I think it's uh, the synth part with the solo is really interesting and kind of like kind of out there. 
Yeah, it's just got a good vibe to it, and like I said, I struggled with this one and number two, and I think that this one kind of uh, has a, a better, like, number one feel to it than, than the second song, where Pitbull, like, he has a bunch of songs that kind of sound like that. This is the type of song that makes me go, oh, do I really want to go out? <laughs> <laughs> but that is the, the spirit of the 2015 songs. I'll tell you what, I agree with you, Matty G. The song definitely has an 80s uh, feel to it. You got the keyboards, you got the drum machine, you know, obviously the guitar riff uh, right before the final chorus is just such an 80s sound. I will make a prediction right now, and I think that for weddings down the road, we're going to hear this as one of the wedding songs that actually comes out of 2015. So you'll hear this at weddings for the next few years. You know, it's got the pace, it's got the beat, it's got a catchy hook, so it just makes everyone want to hit the dance floor or in tony's case not want to go to the bar in the first place <laughs> i was also kind of brainwashed by the uh by the radio because i was driving on the way back from north carolina for like eight hours and that song must have been played by the radio within eight hours probably about you know 14 times at least so <laughs> so like, you know if you hear it enough and also i remember being in dewey beach actually with seth and some other guys and that that song was on a lot and it's just one of those things where, you know, it's attached to a memory of, like, summer and just having a good time. So, you know, I don't think I'll ever hear it and be, like, you know, in a bad mood. Or at least it'll make me feel more nostalgic when I hear it, so. The guy singing the song, he just sounds like he's in way over his head. He's got this girl who's, like, ready to dance. She's ready to have a good time. And the guy's trying to have a conversation on the dance floor, which prompts the girl to basically sing the chorus in his face. You know, shut up and dance. I look at it this way. I think, um... Destiny wouldn't put the girl that this guy's singing about with that guy. I think the girl would have much more of a blast if she was hanging out with Pitbull and Chris Brown. (laughs) I think the girl would have a much better time just dancing to that flute. Chris Brown's doing his best Michael Jackson, you know, Pitbull's doing whatever Pitbull does. Exactly. Shout out to Neil, Mr. Miami. <laughs> so I think the shut up and dance girl should just leave this guy who's singing, walking on the moon, I don't know what the lead singer's name is, and she should just go party with Pitbull and Chris Brown. You wouldn't have to worry about shut up with dancing. She'd be dancing to jump man. She'd be jumping to jump man, not dancing, jumping. When you think about it, it's like an onion. There's different layers to jump man. It's like an onion, and, and it makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding, Tony. We were getting up when you apologized about that. It wasn't about you. It was about just being honest about music. And, you know, I, I think you got to be honest about my choices, too. And hopefully, uh, you know, it's just all in fun. <laughs> Are we ready to tally it up? I think so. Y'all ready for this? One, two, three, let's go. Here we go. Okay, our final tally for the top five list of the best songs of 2015. Number five, with five points, because it was my number one song, is Walk the Moon, Shut Up and Dance. Number four, Tony's number one song, Back to Back by Drake. Number three, making two appearances on two different people's top five lists, it's Macklemore's Downtown. Number two, making also two separate appearances on top five lists, it's Adele's Hello. And then lastly, number one, appearing on two lists, 
one of which was a number one spot. You have Wiz Khalifa, see you again. So do we want to do a quick uh, rundown of the top five, and then uh, we'll each say a quick thing about the song, and then we'll close this down. Number five, Walk the Moon, Shut Up and Dance. This woman is my destiny, she said, I will say that I love the 80s throwback sound to this song, and yet it still has a modern feel to it. And I'm telling you, bet money on this. You will be hearing the song at weddings for the next couple years. It's going to be the official wedding song from 2015. I'm not looking forward to hearing that song too much at, at weddings, but uh, I, I think it's a catchy song. It, it, it makes you think of good times with friends, but... I'll be happier in 2016 if there's a, another song that we're all singing. It's got a positive me- message to shut up and dance. No, no negativity to it. The shut up part's a little mean. <laughs> Could have said it a little nicer. It was my number one pick. I think it's a catchy song and uh, just the, one of the better pop songs, if you call it that, uh, I think, in the 2015 year, which was the point of the list. So, yeah, made my number one. Number four is a very positive song. It's Back to Back. By Drake. Got the Drake get me going back to back. Yeah, going back to back. I got the Drake get me going back to back. It's Grammy nominated. <laughs> but it's a song that when it goes on at the, when you're out, people react to it. And that's why you make music, so people react to it. So it, it accomplished that job. It's, it's, uh, it's got a lot of attitude. <laughs> attitude, Grammy nominated. I don't want Tony to quit the podcast. So welcome to number four, back to back. <laughs> number three, Downtown by Macklemore. Let me kick it off just because this is the pearl of my eye right now. I've listened to my top five and I even got Tony to audible and throw it in his top five. Great to see Macklemore back. I hope he comes out with a new CD. And this song is just so different from a lot of the stuff that's out there with hip hop. So I'm happy to have it in our top five. Yeah, I'm glad I audibled. Otherwise, we'd be debating Jumpman. <laughs> uh, I agree. That song's like really cool. And if I believed in uh, changing my you know list last minute, I'd probably put that one in at number five. But uh yeah i didn't but it's still a really good song i like it it's different number two is hello by adele hello from the other side. I must have called a thousand times. when you think of adele you're probably going to think of a song that has the vocals of hello so it's classic adele it's, and it's a very powerful song it's about four chords, maybe five, depending on this one part, to consider it a chord. Uh, but it's good. It's catchy. And um, it's just one of those songs where uh, it kind of just makes you think of, you know, top songs of the year. And Adele just makes the list because it's just that big of a song. I wanted to throw this into the podcast earlier and just never found the break to do it. So I'll say this. The record that Hello is off of is Adele's Record 25 sold 1.9 million copies in two days. To me, that is a feat that is hugely impressive. Just because the last time an artist moved those numbers were when InSync sold, I believe it was a million, with uh, No Strings Attached, and then Eminem sold a million with uh, Marshall Mathers 
Mathers LP. Since then, I can't even remember the last artist to even break the million mark in the first week. So to me, that is impressive in and of itself. Hello. Hello, Adele. How are you? And lastly, number one, Wiz Khalifa. See you again. Can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you gonna be with me for First time I heard the song, I didn't like it. Second time I heard the song. Uh, third time it wasn't so bad. It it grows on you, but uh but I get the emotional connection people have to the song. Anyone who has, you know, connections to loss and stuff is gonna find a connection to that song, so I think it's always going to have some sort of significance because of the, the story behind the Fast and the Furious and Paul Walker. And I think that uh, besides that, it was just a good, um, like, catchy song in 2015. And I can see why a lot of people find it to be uh, significant. It's such an emotional song, uh, obviously, for the Paul Walker loss. But for anyone who uh, grieves over loss, it certainly can be a comforting song. So RIP to Chris Schmidt. Shout out, bro. Miss ya. And Wiz Khalifa, Charlie Puth do a great job in encapsulating some of those emotions, having to deal with loss. So I'm happy to have a song with substance as number one song of 2015. So that is our top five list, the top five songs of 2015. We're looking forward to our next episode of High Five Countdown Podcast. Until then, check us out on iTunes. Uh, We have the iTunes link. Just search High Five Countdown Podcast, Episode 1, Top 5 Star Wars Moments, and then this episode, Top 5 Songs of 2015. So let's close it down. I'm DJ Setho, and I got attitude. I'm Tony B. Don't sleep on Jumpman, because those guys are up to something. I'm Maddie G, and I'm going to write a rap battle about Tony and Seth when I leave this podcast. <laughs> If I if I do if I do write a rap battle, it's gonna be the most polite, insulting ever. I'm gonna be like, I slightly disagree with your opinion. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Jumping, 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 them was up That's a wrap. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Hello.